this summer we're bringing you double Koi gig. For me, she's the best English centre-back. Play your best players in their best position. I don't think the captain is droppable, particularly after making the statement of dropping Steph Houghton. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. This is Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5. You can text us 53106. Many texts coming in about that amazing day in Wellington today. A 32 points to 22 win for Ireland over the All Blacks. We've won the series. Rory O'Connor, rugby correspondent of the Irish Independent and studio with me. What a day, Rory. Incredible, John. These things, you know, if you go back to when you first got interested in rugby, I'm sure lots of our listeners grew up in the 80s, 90s, maybe a bit older than that. The, even the idea of winning once in New Zealand was well beyond what Irish rugby could achieve. And to think of how much this country as a, a rugby force has grown since you know Warren Gatlin's team in 2000 really and just knocked off one piece of history after another um, to become now the world's number one team at the end of, of, of a long season and, and a series winning team in, in New Zealand something that only less than a handful of, of teams have ever done in history you know to go down there to beat New Zealand once was an incredible achievement but to back it up is historic and one of the greatest achievements we were just talking about beforehand whether it's the greatest I'm still not sure but it's up there it's right up there and it's uh, the way they delivered it as well it's not just about the win it's the fact that they played with such incredible composure and accuracy in the first half and looked every bit worth that lead that they took in in the first half but also when the when the heat came they weathered that storm and they um, rested momentum of an incredible test match back into their own favour through their own goodies. They got a bit of luck with the, the yellow card, red card decision, but you know when you see Tygburn making that series of turnovers in his own half, I mean that is just a player stepping up and saying not today. And as you consider where they've come from and what is ahead, it's an incredible achievement, and it also um, speaks to a team that's learning, a team that's growing, and a team that has huge potential in in the next you know, 14 to 18 months. Like even a few weeks ago in this studio, Rory, we were lamenting Ireland's first test display, the fact that we got caught apart, cut apart in the first um, test in the second quarter. We're going, oh, we don't have a hope in the World Cup quarter final if we face... Use it up, John. Yeah, Use it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to get, make everybody own it. Um, What's changed or what, what changed well, that between look, the then thing, and now? The big thing that happened that day was that Johnny Sexton went off. And it's not the only thing that happened, but there is a correlation between Sexton going on off, off, off after 20 minutes and the team absolutely collapsing. And as I said at the time, it wasn't down to Joey Carberry's personality or, or, or anything like that. It's just that there is a very important man in the room. When, and when he's in the room, everything works. And when he's not there, the concern is that it ceases to function in the same way and all the things we talked about that day are still relevant you know I mean we we, we have more faith in this 15 and this 23 you know the fact that Keane Healy is fit enough to come off the bench and do a job he wasn't that day that was a concern because the scrum was in trouble we have more faith in someone like Kieran Treadwell and Finley Bealan coming off the bench they've like they, they've proven themselves you know you have concerns about these people then they give you the evidence and they, they, they you can take comfort from that Rob Herring stepping in and doing really really well but what happened in that you know, what happened in that 20 minute period was even 15 minutes when it's conceded 28 tries without reply sorry 28 points without reply 28 tries would be something else 28 points without reply before half time and lost control of the match was was deeply worrying at the time but what we've seen in the subsequent two weeks is a team that's been able to learn from that that's been able to control those moments a team that today went down to 14 men and took four minutes or four or five minutes off the clock by opting to take points they were smart they learned across the series. They got better across the series. And you couldn't say that about New Zealand. And I was in on uh, Wednesday, I think it was, with Joe, and I was talking about how New Zealand used to be the thought leaders in the sport. They used to be the ones who set the agenda, who set, set set everything in motion, and everyone copied them. 
but they're not the smartest uh, team in the room right now. Ireland may not be either because South Africa, France, both are probably you know up there, if not ahead of Ireland in the pecking order. New Zealand, they're firmly fourth at best team in the world right now. So, but that doesn't diminish the achievement. No one remembers where Ireland were in the world rankings when New Zealand were beating them all those times in a row over the years. It's about the, you know going down there and winning is, is a massive achievement. There are still concerns going into the rest of this World Cup cycle. Johnny Sexton will still be 38 next year. But if this 15, plus Ronan Keller, Ian Henderson who are out, maybe Jordan Larmour coming into form, are available, You've got a you've got a chance in any game, whether it's a quarterfinal, semi-final, final. This team is capable of going on to do great things. But if they there are still a couple of positions where if there's an injury, in particular ten, we will have problems. But they've gotten through this series with Sexton. Remark at that time we thought Sexton was going to be out of the second test. If you remember, yeah, that was a big worry as well, and how they would cope in that way. And I didn't think he should play the second test. Um, you know, he came back, he played really well in both games. And he is still so important to that team, and he's he's brilliant. He's played so well today, and you know he does, you know he's almost he's going to be Ireland's top point scorer. You know, assuming he avoids injury next year, and you know his achievements in the game are you know standalone. You know, so this was potentially a degree of an experimental tour. If we'd lost the second test, and maybe like today we would have seen um, players come in from the fringes, but this suddenly turned in with New Zealand's kamikaze in discipline last week this suddenly turned into a situation where we are now going to try and win on consecutive weeks and that would give us a huge amount of um, confidence for the World Cup that we could win in consecutive weeks against one of the top nations Absolutely yeah I mean to back it up in that way you know it's the first time New Zealand have lost twice at home in a row since 1989 I think Um, one of the fears I would have about Ireland in a World Cup is that if they ever got over the quarterfinal hump that they would think that was the achievement and then not turn up in the semi and we saw in the last World Cup New Zealand beat Ireland with an incredible performance couldn't get going against England England were brilliant that day but a week later they tanked against uh, South Africa in the final it's it's hard to do and they would have known the historic well, sorry they didn't know that the historic context of last week they spoke about it but it was interesting how Sexton very muted in the post-match um, stuff they celebrated with the fans by all accounts didn't go crazy on Saturday night they knew that there was a job to be done in Wellington today. Today, that's a sign that they, you know, they got to the they got to base camp almost, but they kept on going. They didn't think that was the achievement, and that's really, really encouraging. That they, in, in the past, a one-off win would have been enough. A lot of people said, you know, they've done it now. You know, the, the, Australia, the, the 2011 World Cup was the one that came to mind. Was yeah, won France, a group game. France in 2000. Remember, like 15, you know, yeah. 2015, that day when they lost all, the, you know, their, you know, five of their most important players. But the celebrations at the end of that game. And it was a release that was built up in, internally as a massive game, but they just couldn't get going against Argentina the following week. Um, there is a history of that. This is a sign. Now, we don't know because when the World Cups take on lives of their own and there's a lot could happen between now and 2023, as we know from 2018 into 2019. So, you, you know, you can't say that this will guarantee Ireland anything next year. It's just all experiences. It's all things that we can kind of take comfort from. But the players, as they head towards the Sun Loungers now, will know that they can get the job done in, in a very difficult place and beat a very good team, albeit one that's poorly coached and not playing particularly well at the moment, but still away from home and capable of incredible individual moments like we saw in that second half. And in the way that it felt like it was getting away from them. Yeah, it well, Jordan, like every it, time he got the ball, I was going, oh, no. Yeah, Artie Survey in that second half. Yeah, um, Akira Iwane as well. I mean, like he looked like he had the cheat codes for John Luma Rupi at one stage. And he just, <laughs> you know, but, you know, he, he, it was, it was, that was, it was, you know, that's what New Zealand bring. Like Ireland don't really have players who are capable of those incredible individual moments. They have an incredible attacking plan, a huge defined defence. They have a lot of th- great things and they've become a really, really good team. You know, it's not the greatest collection of individuals in, in Irish rugby history, but God. 
God did they come together and forge a really really good team and Andy Farrell Mike Catt um, Paul O'Connell Simon Easterby and John Fogarty plus Gary Keegan who's kind of there for the mental skills the kind of you know the, I don't think he's officially a sports psychologist but he's there to kind of hone that part of it they can all take credit for it as well as the leadership group who are there as well who are driving things on from a player's point of view 53106 hey guys give us a break <laughs> when there's uh, something at stake New Zealand will wipe the floor with Ireland nobody's fooled by the present results did you ever hear the term money talks I hear like <laughs> I mean that person clearly just hasn't uh, taken into the context of this like the, the coach is going to lose his job over this the, the cap and may never play for the All Blacks again. Like Sam Kane was taken off after 60 minutes. If you think there was nothing at stake for the All Blacks there today, like Aaron Smith was in ball and crying in the in the in the, in the no in the in the, the, the anthems. That's before he even got to the hacker. Like right. the hacker, they were like that. This means like it, this means everything to New Zealand. You can dismiss it all you like as as a friendly or, or whatever. I've been getting I mean, all that just, on Twitter already. Yeah, I know. Like I, I, this thing, it's rubbish. Like it's absolute rubbish. You just look at the what it means to New Zealanders today there's going to be an inquest over this they're playing South Africa in three weeks away from home twice in a row um, they're in crisis because Ireland have beat them I mean to say it doesn't matter it just it dismisses the traditions of the sport and it's really churlish I think you know I think I can like some people don't like rugby fair enough but come on that's a serious achievement in anyone's book yeah, the cynicism I've seen today, uh, and I, I symbolically I felt this was one of the greatest days since Romania in 1990. And and I'm not a rugby man. Mm. I just like winning down in New Zealand against the All Blacks. The Lions haven't won there since 1971. Nobody's won there in the professional era. Yeah, not not a series. Yeah, no, like it's an incredible achievement. I, I haven't quite processed where it ranks. I, I wouldn't go as far uh, <laughs> as you, John. I wouldn't incur that wrath. But I mean. To say they didn't, they didn't care about it, to go as far as that, it's just, it's willfully, it's just, it's just stirring the pot, really. And it's, it's, it, these players have, like, look, we're not saying they're going to win the World Cup next year. We're not getting carried away by it. But you have to say what you see. I something, mean, what happened today was. It doesn't have to have a trophy at the end of it. It did have a trophy. To, it was a nice yeah, big yeah. shiny thing. But it doesn't it's have to have a trophy at the end of it for it to, like, not matter hugely significantly. Yeah, like Ireland have only been on tour for three test series in New Zealand once before. But that's because we were never considered good enough to be invited, really. You know, or we probably didn't consider ourselves good enough to go down there and play them three times in a week because it would have been disastrous. You know, like, there, we've had good teams in the past, but really the only team that went down there with, you know, the Lions, South Africa, Australia, England, France, teams that were strong enough to compete. For, you know, for Ireland, with a playing base of our size a population base of our size with a history like ours where we didn't ever beat them until 2016 and people have already started diminishing the Chicago achievement I mean at the time that was huge and then you go and double down in Dublin you beat them again in Dublin sure they lost 2019 World Cup when it mattered the most and that is a legitimate point but you cannot say to me that, that this match did not matter just, just because football has decided that international friendlies don't matter doesn't mean that these matches don't matter in, in, in this sport like the, the Ashes is a huge thing in cricket the, different sports of different contexts that was it was an incredible I, you know, we shouldn't even be having to defend it it was it stands on its well, own I think it's feet, important it. to say it yeah. because I think it's been just uh, brushed aside by some people out there um, 5-3-1-6 fantastic win for Ireland hopefully they'll carry the confidence into the World Cup and reach the Holy Grail which they're capable of doing says David and Cavan. Mm. Today's win is up there with Romania penalty shootout 1990 Italia. It's a very special emotive day for Irish sport. Outstanding performance. So proud of our little island. We really came of age today. Roll on France is Dennis and Cork. I'm not exclusively a rugby fan. In fact, I lean more towards GA, but I take great pride in Irish achievements and what a wonderful morning it was. They were absolutely incredible. What a game. And yes, for the cynics to say it was a friendly, I believe. There was actually a couple awarded at the end, as you said there. That's from Finn in Navin. Rory, I'm interested, like 2018, 
won the Grand Slam, beat New Zealand, but it was a very, um, I don't know if conservative is the word, but it was a game plan that was quite functional and precise and we didn't make many mistakes under Schmidt. It became stale. Other countries figured us out. Is there more excitement about the expansive style of play? We got four tries today in Wellington. It's still very structured. I mean, when they beat New Zealand in 2016, they, they opened up and, and scored, I think it was five tries that day. It was you know an incredible attacking performance. But certainly the Schmidt era was based on um, a lot of detail, a lot of prepared strike attacking play, you know, a lot of basically don't make mistakes, keep your discipline tight. It was, and it was really successful for a long time. It was really successful, and, and nothing should take away. I must from get what credit for, yeah, what, yeah. for what, during that period. It got figured out. He failed. One of, one of the key things in the RFU's uh, review after the World Cup, which we didn't get to see in full, but David Nussford told us what he thought of it, uh, was that they basically didn't evolve. They, they got to the top at the end of 2018. They won Coach of the Year, Team of the Year, Player of the Year at the World Rugby Awards. And um, February, Eddie Jones came with the Saracens-based England team and knocked them off the perch. In one fell swoop, they just knocked their confidence. I think Joe Schmidt said they were a bit broken at the end of it. And mentally, they suffered badly after that. And then they couldn't get their game back. So like they're open for that happening again in the next year. That's that's definitely a possibility that they could rest on the laurels and and not evolve. The difference I think now is that the the camp is less stifling than it was in Joe Schmidt's era. I think what Schmidt relied on control to a huge degree, and you were expected to be on a lot more than Andy Farrell fear does versus enjoyment. There is, yeah, there is there was a fear, and you don't want to overplay it either because as I say, it was very successful, and a lot of players would tell you that they had enjoyed their best years of their careers under his watch. But I certainly, from listening to the players and from talking to people around the setup, there is a much more when you're on, you're on; when you're off, you're off. And when you're on a tour like this, you can't be on all the time. At the end of a long season, you need to be able to get away from it and not be worrying about the next day. The video review sessions are less uh, intense. They're they're more um, they're shorter. They're on your feet. They, they take the, they take the cameras out. Sorry, they take the TV out to the pitch. They learn from it. They go out and do it. They come back. They look at it. It's all a little bit more light now. Some people thought once you release that pressure valve on Irish players, they wouldn't be able to deliver anymore. But what Andy Farrell has found is that he trusts the players to deliver. He still expects them to perform, and and, the, and there's a huge amount of detail that goes into that Irish attack, even though it looks like it's flowing. You know, everyone's knows their roles are playing advance, but it's more complex. They're trusting their skills an awful lot more because the coach is giving them that trust, and it's paying off. And it's really, really good to watch. I mean, you. The way they flowed for that Henshaw try, you know, the the Keenan try as well. They were lovely attacking tries. Yeah, they, 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 they caught New Zealand on the blind side for the Keenan one. It was zigzagging and it was accurate. And maybe in the past you would expect them to knock it on or something. Executed. Yeah, and even they, 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 they're not afraid to not score, if you know what I mean. They'll, yeah. they'll take, yeah. if the first minute Caelan Doris sidesteps, like not, they identified a really good piece of analysis by Vinnie Hammond's team that was fed back to the coaching ticket. They they identified that the, the All Blacks props can't tackle. So Caelan Doris just glides past Nepo Laulala in the first few seconds of the game and they're on the attack from the start and they have New Zealand after emotional anthem and their hacker, they have them on the back foot and Bowden Barrett, I think was his third intercept in three tests, but he, he pulls off a brilliant intercept on Peter Omani. That, in the past, would have been a good punch to Ireland because they were flowing and it didn't work. They went back and scored off a mall two minutes later, three minutes later. These are all signs that this team believes that they they enjoy the way they play. I think it, it, like, it looks like, I think it towards the end as well, under Schmidt, the players, because things had changed at Leinster and they were playing a bit more like this. The players wanted, they went to Joe and they said, we want to change and he wouldn't go with them because he felt like it was working for them. Now they're playing with an identity that, that, that they feel comfortable with and, and they love 
and they're enjoying it and it's working and they're, they're all over teams they're swarming through them they're breaking the lines they're, ca- you know, they're catching the all backs you know, on the blind side when they're not ready you know, the, the, the pace with which Gibson Park is playing the options that he has it's just it's exciting and to play in and it's, it's incredible to watch and you know there were times during Joe Smith's success where people were cons- like Andy Dunn was in here and he, he very much called that you know this is going to run aground but I think the way Ireland play gives them a chance even against the teams I think they're quite suited to playing against the All Blacks my fear is that against the biggest most physical teams the French teams, the South Africans they may run aground but it gives them a chance even in Paris the way they played in that second half they played themselves back in because France couldn't live with their option taking they couldn't live with the amount of viable carriers that Ireland had and that gives them a chance in any game you know now there's a mental challenge to a World Cup quarterfinal and all that stuff as well so there's lots of things to overcome and there's a long time to go until then but they're in a very good spot Was there not a moment against France Six Nations where we should have kicked to the corner and we didn't and yeah. was Sexton off the pitch at the time or Yeah James Ryan made that call the Sexton didn't play in Paris because yeah, it was Joey yeah, Harvey yeah, started yeah, I think, yeah. and like you know the fact that Ireland got close Sexton was kicking to the corner every time Sexton's decision making I mean that wasn't something that Sexton they weren't brilliant at that when Farrell took first took over. If you remember that game in Paris, the previous time, in, oh sorry, the previous time in Paris when they went over with a chance of winning the title and they made a series of bad decisions. They t- I think Conor Murray took a long range shot at goal he was never going to get. There was ones to the corner that shouldn't have gone. They took the points. I can't remember the exact details now, but I remember it was a big talking point. And Sexton was a new captain, and then he threw the strop coming off the pitch when Ross Byrne came on, and then true to this time when when you know he was off the pitch and James Ryan took that decision. I thought that was a slightly overplayed I didn't think it was a bad call really it was, but it was questioned afterwards whereas today they got all those decisions right now they're all decisions that look right in hindsight the decisions to go for the points today were largely based on the fact that Andrew Porter was off the pitch Killing and they time. took a lot yeah. of time off the clock it also allowed them to get their, bre- their breath back get their legs back and they got uh, three points from it it could have been six had the the second one not hit the po- hit the crossbar so it just you know these things I mean it's all scoreboard journalism to some degree in that they worked you know if, if they'd gone to the kicks and New Zealand had run it back you'd be questioning whether they should have gone for the kill they went for the kill then when they had 15 on the pitch and Rob Herring scored his try Um everything worked out for them over the last I mean they got the uh, they got the yellow card when it could have been red around your porter they rolled their luck but if you're going to do these things you've got to ride your luck as well um, that's part of it that's part of elite sport not every you know some days some things go your way some things they don't that went their way today but ultimately they put themselves in that position through their own good play and their own accuracy and that has to be applauded now it's hard to single anybody out but I thought Tyg Byrne at times is absolutely magisterial and Robbie Henshaw was the guy we saw on the Lions tour yeah um, Byrne's second half performance was one of the greatest individual performances you'll ever see in an Ireland jersey to to win those turnovers under that amount of pressure and you know not just to do it once but to do it three times and also force a counter rook with it, just a piece of raw aggression and, and just good timing incredible you know absolutely incredible and that game was getting away from Ireland and he was the one you know he wasn't alone but he was the one who stepped up at big moments and Peter Romani has had a number of big moments in this across this tour and Last always week. shows up against the All Blacks. But Byrne was the one today who said, "Not today." You know, this is this is our game. You know, Henshaw in the first half, a couple of incredible tackles. Uh, Ty Furlong emptied one of the All Blacks at one stage. Their defense was pre- really, really good. Josh van der Fleer. I mean, you run out of things to say about Josh van der Fleer because you know his story is so well told at this stage. The way he has improved and improved and improved and improved, and now he's just this complete back row forward who's capable of taking on anyone and is one of the best players in the world now. Um, Gibson Park, all three of the Irish guys who who came from New Zealand, they all delivered. James Lowe, like Andy Farrell didn't drop anyone really from the first test. He backed them all into the second test. They nearly all delivered in that second test. Lowe didn't. He had a poor game last week. He stuck with Lowe. Lowe delivered. 
infuses yeah, confidence that it absolutely does and it, you, you know you worry again about the depth and whether he's yeah. you know whether players will get complacent it looks like they're going to play for him it looks like it's the opposite of that that they, they respond to it maybe he has a quiet word and says look I'm giving you a chance today not next time Lowe was outstanding today you know really really outstanding there was no bad performances out there like last week I thought it was one or two that could have could have got better they all got better today set piece was good James Ryan I think before we, you know, we were discussing his, him maybe it was the day I was in with you You know, his form was in question coming over here he terrorised an all black line out that had this is the James Sam Ryan of 18 around then yeah it's it's no, it, it, it's the 2022 James Ryan because he's he's had to adapt, he's had to grow because Joe Schmidt's game plan asked him to do different things and they, he was probably more comfortable doing those things. Now, in the second test, he was throwing passes behind his back and they were coming off and you're seeing this time in this setup for four weeks has grown his game and grown his belief and he's coming back to Leinster next season with a bit more confidence having been you know, fairly dented over the last year or two. So that's that's huge. You know, Caelan Doris, bad first test, unbelievable today. Um, and in the second test, you know, you just start listing them out. And it, it's probably the most impressive is the less heralded players that came off the bench, like Bealham, like Herring. Keane Healy's not less heralded, but you kind of feel like he's coming towards the end. He stood up today when he came on. Kieran Treadwell, pretty much unmapped. You know, he won a couple of caps in 17. Andy Farrell's brought him back in. Doesn't start for Ulster on, in, on the big days. He comes off the bench. Well, he's a serious option for Ireland now in the second row. Um, Murray showed a good calm when he came on. Earl's the same. And Carberry wins an intercept and kicks the ball out at the end. Like, you know, he's got question marks over him. But again, he goes into next season. You know, how many times has he beaten the All Blacks now in his short career? It's an <laughs> yeah. incredible period, um, you know, stat for him. So, you know, there's a lot. They, they leave with a huge amount of positivity. And they know that if they deliver that level of performance, they're pretty, pretty much capable of beating anyone on their day. Uh, 53106 is probably the best text of the day. Um, uh, Love the mix of passion and analysis and Rory cannot believe there are people out there trying to diminish today's magnificent achievements. Great to see where these lads and go after this as Ian in Dublin. And Thank also you. Andy Farrell as Irish Rugby's Jack Charlton. Yeah. Which is a good one as well. Um they respect us now. They know who we are now. It's not just oh, you're old, you go fierce now. O'Driscoll and Sexton, they're your players, are they? Yeah, O'Brien was the other one. Yeah, they, they fear us now. It's, it's gone past respect. Yeah, that's there's, there's a fear factor they, like everyone's talking about you know and obviously there is a chance now that Ian Foster gets sacked and there's a new coach in place and Ireland may meet New Zealand in the World Cup quarterfinal next year but they won't relish that draw and like one of the reasons they were so came up so short against England in the World Cup semi-final was because they put so much into that quarterfinal and Ireland were poor in the day but New Zealand were incredible they put everything into that and they couldn't get back up for it the following week Ireland have had the respect since 2016 we saw that when they came back over two weeks later and you know take, started taking heads you know they, there's a fear there now as well and it's not this is not overdoing it like to, if you go down there and beat them twice out of three beat the Mary as well and do it so comprehensively We've been, you know, Ireland have there's a have emasculated New Zealand rugby over the last couple of weeks, and there is a, um, they're in crisis. You know, this is a hundred million. This is, this is a their national sport. It's a national issue. It's front page stuff in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ian Foster now he's gone. Like, he must be gone. I've never seen a man exude being under pressure so much. He just epitomised what like what being under Wait pressure looks like at the start. Before the game, when he was giving his interview, his head was puce, he was his, his, he was hunched up, his, show, his body language was really... Like, the pressure that he's feeling is just... It, it's outrageous. And you can overdo these things, but, like, he, he has been the subject of uh, speculation about his future all week in the New Zealand media. I, even in the New Zealand Herald, which is generally very much on side with what the All Blacks are saying. They even get messages out via that, that oracle. But this week, the New Zealand Herald turned. And when the New Zealand Herald tur- turns, it's very hard to get that back. And it will... This will sting them massively. This this 
they now they always thought they could beat Ireland. There was a certain cachet of teams that they always just thought they that they could take for granted. Now Ireland have gone up, gone above them, and you know Ireland are still chasing France and South Africa. So like they're they're they can't take any confidence from the fact that France and South Africa they can beat take out France and South Africa. I think they play England in November. Like England are starting to turn a corner as well and, and coming back strong. They beat Australia goals. today, twenty one seventeen. Australia were really good if they hadn't suffered a load of cataclysmic injuries over the course of this series they could have beaten England but it's a le- so more it's level be, playing field it's a far it? more level yeah. playing field and you know New Zealand while they still have incredible individual talent that will get them out of holes on any any occasion they're not the force that they once were and this again isn't to diminish Ireland but Ireland have played a role in undermining them over the years and, and they're like this could well be the, the end of Ian Foster maybe they'll give him the South Africa tour to, to, to rescue his his, uh, his career there but um, Ireland have played a huge role in, in, in that process there's a symbolic you know, significance to this. It's winning against the All Blacks stand in New Zealand. Mm. It is being able to beat France, which we have. Like I remember in 2000, like Brian O'Driscoll's hat-trick, it was a huge, like we hadn't won there since 1972 and we know we can go to Paris and win. It's not easy. We know we can go there and do that. Like the drop goal, Johnny Sexton. We know we can go to Twickenham and win on Patrick's day. We're knocking off the, the, the like in the bowling alley, we're knocking off the pins in terms of achieving things. One to go. It's just one to go, and uh, you know, like Brian Driscoll uh, was even saying the week, even beating winning this series is, is bigger than winning a World Cup quarterfinal. Quarter, it's a, I, I agree with him because the quarterfinal has become this thing. Yeah, and no one, no one goes to the World Cup hoping to win a quarterfinal. You, you want to win the World Cup, and our, like this is as as our friends who are texting in will point out, there's not a huge amount of quality teams in World Rugby. Ireland are one of eight or nine who go there with some expectation of performing to to a high level and should be backing themselves next year to win the World Cup. Like it's not about winning a quarter. Final. Now they're on a tough side of the draw, and I think when that monkey finally gets off the back, whether it's 2003, 2007, or 2031, or in America, or, or whenever it's going to be, it will be a cause for celebration. But you know, this is an achievement. This is an outright win. Winning a quarter final just gets you into a semi final, and if you don't show up the following week, you're in a third, fourth place playoff, and nobody wants to be in a third, fourth, fourth place playoff. You want to go and back to back to back and go and win the World Cup because this team should be aiming for that I'm not saying they will because there are other teams out there who are better than the All Blacks and maybe better than them like France are really really good at the moment and, and I still fear them to, to a large degree um, so that's why this as a standalone you know, this is up there with Grand Slams the quarterfinal thing will be a big weight off when it happens but it's not the achievement in itself it's just another step along the road where does this leave in terms of the um, evolution of the team now over the next year and a bit, uh, Rory, the graduates who'll be like pushing for inclusion uh, from what you've seen over the last while in terms of getting into the well, team yeah. or, or giving us options if we have injuries or whatever? Well, that's the thing. I think the Mary th- games have been where we've seen the next, w- where like what is the n- the next cab off the rank if we if there's an injury who can step up in the next year um, Gavin Coombs was excellent. Now, getting to that back row, I don't know how you do it. You know, who do you take out? Omahani, Arguably, player of the series. Ty Byrne was, I don't know who won. But you can see with Conan, Conan was a line. And he Conan was a line, but yeah. it was a long, you know, that was a long year. He'll get a summer off now. He didn't, you know, he hasn't finished with an injury. He'll get a full preseason under his belt. And he, you know, he can come back stronger. If he doesn't, Coombs is there to, to take his place because Coombs was really good. I thought Timoney was excellent. Another option, but that's just if Josh Hunter goes down because right now the form, the, you know, all the players are in form. Um, Treadwell was, uh, from, uh, by all accounts from the people who were in New Zealand, the, the camp were most impressed with Kieran okay. Treadwell in ter- terms of how he moved. Joe McCarthy went over with huge expectations. He'll gain an awful lot. He's only 21, just turned 21. He'll come back to Leinster having been on tour with Ireland for four weeks in New Zealand, played two games against the Maori 
incredibly powerful big man the big one I think the big talking point coming home is Kieran sorry Kieran Frawley um, because the 10 thing is a bit of a national obsession and it's because you know for all that he is an outstanding rugby player and still the captain still the main man you're putting your eggs in a, in a very fragile basket when you're asking a 38 year old to, to get you through an entire World Cup campaign and because Joey Carberry missed a couple of key tackles in the first two tests and because his form for Munster was so poor there is potentially an opening there as Sexton's backup Harry Byrne went over as the third choice never got a minute because he got injured in the first training session apparently picked picked up one hamstring injury in the first training session picked up another one at the other side towards the end of the tour and ended up going home Frawley got two really really quality games under his belt against the Mary and played very well in the second one and he, he was good he looks he's the most physically and in terms of the way he carries himself on the pitch he looks the closest thing we have to Sexton and he goes back to Leinster now, I think, as a viable option to play 10 for them. The only problem he has is that Ross Byrne is sitting in the Leinster number 10 jersey when Johnny's away and never lets Leinster down. Now, you could argue the two La Rochelle games, he didn't cover himself in glory and that they need to go another level up, especially as they future-proof the team after for life after Sexton, which is the season after next. But right now, Ireland need Frawley playing games in the number 10 jersey. And if he's not going to do that against for Leinster, They've got to look at moving him, whether it's abroad, whether it's to one of the other provinces. You know, is he going to supplant Jack Carty at Connacht? Probably not, but could he get a lot more minutes at Connacht? Probably. Ulster, Billy Burns, I think he's a better player than Billy Burns. Would Ulster, you know, would, would this be like if the system works and if the system is aligned, there's got to be some really hard conversations in the next months. Munster have Healy, Crowley, and, and Carberry. You know, they're probably well well enough. You know, Healy's someone who could come through in the next year as well. But Frawley is the one that they need to get minutes into and they need to have ready for next year's World Cup because he looks like he could go as that third 10. And that third 10, as we know from the All Blacks in 2011, could become a very pivotal player very, very quickly in a World Cup as well. Yeah, big time. It was a 8-7, wasn't it, to New Zealand in 2011. Andy Farrell, they were talking about Jack Charlton there, one of the texters. Uh, he must be pretty feeling pretty fulfilled now and adopted Irishman. Well, I was just thinking today about the first season Andy Farrell was in charge in, t- in 2020 when he took over from Joe Schmidt and the team was at a very low ebb and um, Shane Horgan called for his head in his first year and Ruby was pretty poor and they were losing games against England in particular where they were getting out-muscled and you know, they were, you know, Itoje and the Vunipolas were just on top of them and they just looked like they were physically weaker than the op- opponents and things weren't working and he put in Jemison Gibson Park and not a lot was made of it but he played against England and Twickenham in a November game in front of no fans and, and he was starting to try things but it wasn't really coming off for him and you were wondering where this was going to go. They kept, um, like it was this really odd thing where they kept running the ball into touch. They kept going off separate phase move and they get it out to James Lowe and he'd end up in, like just running into touch and you're like what are these what are they doing in training and it clicked that day against England and Twickenham and they the day the Keith Earls try and suddenly ever since they've only lost two games since then one was away to France and one was away to New Zealand since that day when it all came together they have just grown and grown and grown as a force and he's become more and more comfortable in, in, in the job and in the role and he now now from people calling you know respected people calling for his head with with some good reason because at the time the evidence that we were seeing and we're not allowed to see training was that things were going were going from bad to worse in some ways was that things were going really badly now he's we're in a position where his contract's up after the next World Cup and England will certainly be looking at him as, as the, the successor to Eddie Jones the Lions will be looking at him going hang on he's just managed a tour to New Zealand where they had to play the, the Maori twice he's been on two successful Lions tours before let's have this guy um, and every club in France and England is, is surely, you know, with with a few bob, is going to be throwing money at them as well. So Ireland now are in a position where they have to 
do they stick you know this classic thing with before World Cup do we give him the new deal before the, the big show or do we hold off take our chances and if he's gone we get in Ron Nagara or someone you know we promote Paul O'Connell or, or something like that and that becomes the conversation I think um, after this because he is hot property and he is he has done an ex- exceptional job at Ireland now in the last uh, 18 months to two years and should take enormous credit I, you know I do think he's borrowed a little bit from his future to win this series in that he didn't experiment very much during the three tests we know this 15 and this 23 now can get the job done we don't know as much about what's below them and that could come back to haunt them next year and you you could throw that back in his face but you know to win a series in New Zealand is an incredible achievement um, a lot of people thought that things would fall apart when Joe Schmidt left that he was the, the genius behind it and he's left structures that Farrell has built on that shouldn't be diminished No, but and a, and a his, winning legacy yeah but he's he's taken all the good things and he's added his own touch to it he's made it a more relaxed environment he set about that at the start he's got an eye for a player he's promoted players like Gibson Park like, who's uh, a huge uh, symbol of the tempo and the absolutely but he was second choice like, yeah. he was sitting behind Luke McGrath at Leinster when, when he was picked to start for Ireland and Twickenham when no one was calling for it it wasn't as if there was a clamour you know John Cooney was the one who there was a clamour for was for at the time Gibson Park you know you look at Craig Casey you know doesn't you know there's, there's four or five scrum halves who start who get more minutes than Craig Casey but they like Craig Casey he's always in that squad um, Treadwell's another example there are players in there who he has an eye for and, and he's giving them back to the provinces going look what you had you didn't realise what you had but you've got a you know, potentially a world class 10 sitting in the number 12 jersey for your URC games and that's really an outstanding talent to have and others Mike Cack on Lawful has sticking that first year but he's you know done a really good job developing that attack under, underneath Farrell as the attack coach bringing in O'Connell you know a, a lot of coaches would have seen O'Connell as a threat but he brought O'Connell in and O'Connell has delivered you look at the way the line-up mall Ireland didn't have a line-up mall for much of the last 18 months suddenly they scored two tries off it today that's a team that's evolving and improving that's a sign of good coaching John Fogarty has got the grips with the scrum you know there's bigger tests for the scrum to come, but they struggled in test one, test two and three, it got better and better. There's a lot to like about the way Ireland are, are problem solving and evolving. And that has to come from the culture that the coach has set down and um, and the coaching that he's giving as well, because he does get on the pitch and he does put it into place as well. Uh, they will deserve, I don't know, maybe a trip to the Lord Mayor's office or something in Dublin uh, or, or be, to be greeted off the plane. But uh, they're going to have a well-deserved break now, these these players in the, in the management. Yeah, well, Connacht, I, I don't know about the rest of the provinces. So Connacht are back in pre-season this year or this week. So right. it's already, you know, 2023, oh, 2022-23, the World Cup season has already begun for some players. And there's probably players in pre-season in the provinces who will be eyeing up that place in France. And for all that the... Um, the, the players will go off and have a break and the player, I'm sure the coaches will as well they will have to be you know, on it from the start of the next season because the journey begins again but yeah no, the, the, there's a good long break now the, the, there's no real serious rugby again until the URC kicks off mid-September I think and then Europe isn't until December so there's you know, well, the URC is a better competition now with the South Africans are in it so there will be quality rugby to play New Zealand sorry to play South Africa and Australia I think Fiji in November um, three good tests you know three games that should bring them on again chance maybe to experiment a little bit into the Six Nations but that's it that's that's the eight games Six Nations that and then you're into World Cup warm-up so um, it's it's exciting it's very promising from an Irish perspective but I think we've learned we've all learned you know I'd like to think we've all learned that um the job's certainly not done in the long term but I mean they went over there on, on a mission and they, they they come home with mission accomplished and they deserve they're probably still up I mean, it's probably two in the morning in Wellington I'm sure they're all still up enjoying themselves and, and, and they richly deserve that at the end of a long season and a long tour Rory thanks as always Appreciate brilliant it. stuff thanks for coming in Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent reflecting on Ireland's 
historic series win over the All Blacks in Wellington today. 32-22 in the third test. We've won the series. Now, after the break, we're going to be back with the latest from the ladies' football semi-final between Kerry and Mayo. We'll also preview the Oaks. Stay with us.